0: Church, and please open your Bibles to John chapter 6, John chapter 6, I looked it up for you to make it easy, because some of you may have a fear of opening the Bible, if so I want to say that's not a fear from God, that's a fear from Satan, God wants you to open up his word, so I looked it up, it's page, oh man, now did I get it right, 838, somebody tell me if I'm right, 838 in those black pew Bibles, John chapter 6 We're going to be in verse 16 to 21 today as we look at today's scripture of Jesus walking on water. And as he walks on water to his disciples through the boat, we see how he shows them great care, supernatural care. And we also see how Jesus shows care over his creation, his disciples, his friends, and he protects them from the storm. You know, God still cares for us greatly today. All of us, all of his children, and especially his followers, he shows great care for them. But we still have many fears, don't we? Let's, let's just show, raise of hands. Who here fears speaking in public? And that's why all of you are down there, right? Pastor Alden. Ugh. Okay, well, there's a prime example. You can be afraid of speaking in public, but God can still use you. But I'm guessing you were joking. Who here fears jumping off a cliff into a body of water? Who here fears jumping out of an airplane with a parachute? Who here fears jumping out of an airplane without a parachute? (laughs) We have many fears, but God helps calm our fears. God is the creator of the heavens and the earth. I found a quote. I don't know who it's from. It said unnamed or unknown, but it says sometimes he calms the storm. Sometimes he lets it continue to rage, but he calms his child. Let me say that again. Sometimes he calms the storm. Sometimes he lets it continue to rage, but he calms his child. Today, we're going to continue to read in John chapter 6, 16 to 21, and we're going to see Jesus walking on water. And as we see this, we're going to see four fears. I think we can see four fears that the disciples might have had, but then we're going to see the four miracles of Christ that we can see in here. And then we're going to see a whole lot of application. But as I get started, I want to read to you about being afraid. You see, this comes of General Patton. Some of you know him. It says, during the World War II, maybe you know of him, not know him. During World War II, a military governor met with General George Patton in Sicily. When he praised Patton highly for his courage and bravery, the general replied, Sir, I am not a brave man. I am not a brave man, General Patton said. The truth is, I am an utter craven coward. I have never been within the sound of a gunshot or in sight of a battle in my whole life that I wasn't so scared that I had sweat in the palms of my hands. Years later, when Patton's autobiography was published, it contained this significant statement by the general. I learned very early in my life never to take counsel of my fears. You see, too often we let our fears give us counsel. We let our fears speak into our life too much instead of listening to God and his word and letting that be what guides us. Let not our fears be what drive us backwards, but let God's word and God's presence in our life be what drive us forward. To speak a little bit more on this. Researchers at John Hopkins University reported that 30 years ago, the greatest fears of grade school children were, number one, animals. Number two, being in a dark room. Number three, high places. Number four, strangers. Number five, loud noises. Today, kids are afraid of the following, though, to illustrate how fears are always changing. Number one, divorce. Number two, nuclear war. Number three, cancer. Number four, pollution. Number five, being robbed and mugged. You see, fears are constantly changing. It doesn't mean that those other ones have gone away either. It just means that there's always new things coming into our life that we're scared of. In fact, there's so many things, they have names for all of them. Well, maybe not all of them, but they're continuing to name them. I'm going to try and name a few of these fears some of you may have fun laughing at me as I try to pronounce these. Palodophobia, the fear of baldness and bald people. <laughs> Aerophobia, the fear of drafts, drafty air. Porphyrophobia, the fear of the color purple. Chadophobia, the fear of hairy people. Lavophobia, the fear of objects on the left side of the body. Dextrophobia, the fear of objects on the right side of the body. Aurorophobia, the fear of the northern lights. Calaphrophobia, the fear of obsecure meanings. Talasophobia, the fear of being seated. Up, oh, Seamus is standing. Up, oh, he's seated now basophobia, the fear of standing and walking. Odontophobia, the fear of teeth. Graphrophobia, the fear of writing in public. Kelsey, maybe you have a few of those that are afraid of writing in public. Or at least they claim to be. And finally, phobophobia, the fear of being afraid. I think we all have a little bit of that fear. We fear being afraid. Well, today we're going to see some fears that the disciples might have had in this boat. But we're going to see how when Jesus comes into the life, all those fears go away and they fall before the Lord in worship. Today, as we look to this, we also see this idea of what does a true disciple, a true follower of Christ do when these fears come into the life? What does a true disciple do when Jesus is in their life? And next week, we'll look to... What do non-true followers, what do the fakes, what do the frauds do? What are they after with Jesus? Let's read. Some of this will be a, a refresher course as we had a little intro to this last week. Some of this will be new. John chapter 6. Verse 16 to 21 says this. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea. They got into a boat and started across the sea... To Capernaum. Now, I want you to notice their obedience. The disciples are following Jesus' command. We ended a couple of weeks ago with Jesus feeding the thousands. And then, as Jesus knew that these, these crowds, possibly fifteen to 20,000 people, if you include women and children, or 5,000 men alone, these crowds, he suspected, were going to try and crown him king, an earthly king, something he didn't want it, he wasn't ready for. And beyond that, he never was meant to be just an earthly king. So Jesus, knowing what was about to happen, he sent his disciples away, told them to get in a boat and go to Capernaum, and he went up the side of the mountain to rest, to pray, but never to take his eyes off the disciples. Let's continue to read here. Notice their obedience. The disciples are following Jesus' instructions. They went down to a sea. They got into a boat, and they started across the sea. And it says now in verse 17... They got into a boat, started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come. Apparently, they were still waiting, expecting Jesus to somehow meet them somewhere along the way, but they were going out to sea. And now verse 18 says, The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. Now, last week we said this could be very common in this area. These great hillsides, 3,000-foot hillsides to the side of the sea... The winds would come bearing down on the water and create huge storms. Storms which could even create fear in the greatest disciples, the greatest fishermen, the um, the greatest sailors. Now maybe Jesus allowed this to happen to help illustrate his divinity when he would calm the storms. Maybe it was just a natural occurrence with the sea. We don't know. But what we do see is this. Verse 19 says this. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were frightened. But he said to them, it is I, underline that word if you're an underliner, circle it, do whatever, it is I, do not be afraid. Notice that application even there, you do not need to be afraid when the great I am, the great it is I, the great Jesus Christ comes to your boat. But what you do need to do is let him in. It says, Then they were glad to take him into the boat. And immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. And we know from the other scriptures that the storm was calm, the water was clear, the waters were like glass, like this morning on the Bloomer Pond as we drove by it at 7 a.m. This quick scripture read, five simple verses I said is full Full, full of applications. But first let me talk about fears. Again, we have tons of fears. We all are afraid of something. But these fears, they don't need to paralyze us. You notice these disciples, they fought, these followers of Christ, they acknowledge. We, it says they were afraid. But the moment Jesus made known his presence, they let him in the boat. Everything is calmed. And they're where they need to be. Number one, fear number one we see here is the disciples did not know what was going on. Now, it doesn't specifically say here that the disciples were afraid, but I can imagine, as I think you would, the fear of not knowing what is happening. They've been following Jesus all this time. They're, he, he is their master. They don't want to be away from him. And yet Jesus is saying, go, go, go. And they're saying, what do you mean? We're here for you. We don't want to leave so much that it even says it was now dark and Jesus had not yet come to him. I can imagine them being afraid, thinking, where is Jesus? Why did he send us off? Did we do something wrong? Number two, fear number two, we're going to work through these fast to get to the application They were not only going away from Jesus, going on their own, away from his presence, but they were to continue in this boat alone through the sea too. Christ commanded them to go forward without him. Maybe we can suspect some maybes of what might have happened. Some commentators talk about this. Maybe they too, just like the crowds, were getting a little overly excited About the miracles of the feeding of the thousands. We don't really know. Maybe they were getting a little overly excited. And Jesus says, hey, go away from here. Go to the boat. Start sailing. And maybe Jesus wanted them to focus on seeing life without him. Focus on seeing he wasn't meant to just be an earthly king. But they're going to see his kingship, his majesty, his glory, his divinity, even over creation. Maybe they too needed a time out. They needed to not go on a mountainside, but go in the middle of the sea for their time out. Maybe they too needed to refocus on Christ. And maybe they too needed to see how Jesus had the power not just to save with material feedings, but with control over calming storms. Fear number three, the sea became rough. So let me repeat. Fear one, the disciples did not know what was going on. Fear number two, they were to continue in this boat across the sea alone. Fear number three, the sea became rough. And they weren't just going across Bloomer Pond. I got stuck in the middle of a long lake, lower long here outside of uh, Bloomer here one day. And storm arose out of nowhere. But I wasn't afraid. Because I could see the other side. It was... And I could see Barb Hosmer's cottage. Thank you, Barb, for letting us shelter there. But they they had already rowed three to four miles. They didn't know what to do. All they could keep doing is what we see. They kept on rowing. Through their struggle, though, Christ was watching and would come to their aid to help in their great time of need. And the same is true today. Jesus never takes his eyes off you. God never takes his eyes off of you. And as I shared that quote earlier, sometimes he calms the storms, sometimes he calms you, and the storms remain. What matters is that we continue to look to him. Fear number four, though, they were afraid of Jesus when he appeared on the water. And here we have two types of fears. We have a fear for one's life. We have a fear for danger. And we have a fear due to lack of understanding. We can have both. We can fear our life. We can fear a danger. But then we can just fear because we don't understand. They don't understand. Can you imagine this this man, this Jesus, no matter what they, they know to be true, they've been following this man. They've been seeing him perform miracles. But now they see something that they could have never imagined in their wildest dreams. He's walking on water. In the middle of a storm he just appears he just shows up walking towards them and they thought he might have been a ghost. Now some commentators think that maybe what they really saw was Jesus just walking on the shoreline or maybe Jesus was just walking on a sandbar. I don't believe that. I see in the Matthew's in Matthew's gospel we see Jesus call out and say come to me, walk to me and Peter comes walking to him. And he starts to fall. He starts to sink. Because he took his eyes off of Jesus and instead focused on the wind. Back to my point here. These men saw something that was beyond their ability to understand. Something was coming to them in a manner they could not have expected in their wildest dreams. They were witnessing the deity, the divinity of Christ as God. We can see that every day around us still. We can see God's control over creation, over nature. Now, we also see great fears. We see the sinful effects upon humanity. But we can also see God's sightings everywhere. Never take your eyes off of God because he never takes his eyes off of you. He is still God and he is mighty. Sometimes things happen that we cannot explain. But if it's from our great and mighty God, we should not question it. We should just trust him and follow his direction. Trust him, follow his direction. The disciples were afraid. They think, who is this walking on the water? What is going on? Is this a ghost? Is this an hallucination? Did we die in the storm? We've been rowing for three to four hours. Are we hallucinating? It doesn't say that. I'm, I'm just thinking what might be going through their minds. But they let him in. Jesus calls out, It is I, do not be afraid. And they let him in. Are you letting him into your life? We saw fears. How about the miracles? Number one, Christ appears to them walking on water. Miracle one. Number two, we see from the other gospels telling this story as well that Christ calms the sea and the storm. Number two, Christ calms their fears. And we see from the gospel is that they, they fall before him in worship. And number four, Christ delivers them instantly, instantly to their destination. Again, there's some commentators that claim that, that it just seemed like the moment Christ was in their life... All the fears were gone. It just seemed like, oh, wow, we've been rowing for hours. And now all of a sudden, look, the this, this shoreline's right there. Or Some commentators state again that Christ wasn't really walking on water. He was walking on the shoreline, meaning they already were there. But now they took, their fear, they took their eyes off their fears and instead saw their destination there. I believe the opposite is true. I think Jesus really did make them instantly be there. But here's the picture we see of true disciples in which we can mimic in our everyday lives and i believe i've got a slide here julia if you can bring it up for me true disciples do not say why god but yes god obedience to jesus is a requirement to be his are we obediently following him now it's normal to say why god it's normal we do question we wonder we struggle with these thoughts but ultimately we need to come down to that last part and say yes god I will follow you. I will trust in you. Even when we don't understand what's going on, these disciples, they did not understand. Why is Jesus calling us away? But they followed his direction. They said, yes, God. True disciples invite Jesus into the boat, into their life. True disciples bow in awe of him and submit to his leadership, his guidance, his grace, his mercy. True disciples accept Where he, Jesus, wants them to go. And they walk in his ways. True disciples are not afraid of God, but they do revere him. And we talked about that last week. There is a healthy fear of God, but then there's an unhealthy fear of God. An unhealthy fear of God is a fear which keeps you from going to him. The healthy fear of God is you do fear him in a reverence way. You revere him. You fear the wrath of God. But you trust in his guidance. You trust in his salvation. You trust in Jesus. Christ, when he says, do not be afraid, it is I, is using the same word as God uses to Moses, meaning the great I am. Christ is what you need. He's all we need. But here's some final applications as we close. We're reminded from this passage that Jesus watches. Jesus comes. Jesus helps. And Jesus delivers. I get this idea from Will, Will, uh, Will, William Barclay, his commentary. And as I expound upon these, I say this. Jesus watches. Jesus watched them from the hillside, from the mountain. They were not forgotten, and neither are you. Jesus watches. He lets them and us fight our own battles, but he steps in when we need him to. Number two, Jesus comes. Jesus comes to us in our time of need, just like he came to his disciples' boat. Number three, Jesus helps. And William states here in his, in his commentary, Somehow in the presence of Jesus, the longest journey is shorter, and the hardest battle is easier. Now, he's the one who I really don't agree with his commentary because he believes that, that Jesus was just somehow walking on the shoreline and they were already at their destination, which I don't agree with. But I do like that quote. Somehow in the presence of Jesus, the longest journey is shorter and the hardest battle easier. And finally, Jesus delivers. Jesus delivers us to where we need to go. Sometimes that's a different route than what we would take. Sometimes it's a different destination than where we think we need to go. But Jesus is the one who knows all, is present in all, and is all-powerful. And we can trust in him. Just as the disciples, when Jesus called out and said, It is I, do not be afraid. We can trust in him and not be afraid. Welcome him into your life. Continue to bow before him and worship him through, during, and after any storm of your life. Again, I say, do not be afraid, for we have one with us who will be with us, not just now, not just till the end of this earth, but through all of eternity. Following Christ will certainly bring us troubling times. We know that. You see some of that today with persecution overseas and around the world. That's inevitable. It's a promise of Scripture We see that with his disciples who so many of them were killed for worshiping Christ, for following him, for serving him, for proclaiming the good news. But it doesn't change the fact that we must follow him, do his work. Did you hear that word good news? I shared this week in a devotion I read with the men's group at Hardee's and with our missions committee. The gospel is called good news. And it literally means good news as this devotion went proclaiming the gospel of Christ never sends somebody to be an alcoholic, never sends them into drugs, never sends them to depression. The gospel of Jesus saves. It's good news. So why do we hide? Why do we shelter? Why do we cower into a corner and not proclaim it? We need to go forward. Do not be afraid. Let Jesus into your life. Let him take you where you need to go. Let him take you to the world to proclaim the good news that You need not be afraid when Jesus is in your life. But some do have a reason to fear. And that fear should be debilitating because you should only focus on Jesus. Those people who are afraid need to see that they need Jesus and they need him today. Will you trust in Jesus? Will you follow him? Are you going through storms of life now? He sees it. Believe that he sees it and rest in him. Rejoice that help is on the way. Help was on the way for the disciples long before they saw it. And the same is true today. Be a true disciple. Worship him. Bow before him through every storm. Both before, in, during, after. That's what a true disciple does. Don't allow the fears to cripple you. Because you have the Lord over creation watching over you too. Let's pray and we'll close in song. I invite all of you to come Sunday school with us. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the salvation we have from sin, from death in him and his work upon that cross. Lord, we need not look to our fears. We need not let them control us or counsel us. What we need to look to is our faith in him and him alone. Fears can be healthy. They can help us to see a direction which we need not go. But we must not allow it to control us. May we bow before Jesus, worship him, and may the ways of Christ be the only thing that controls us in our life. And may all we do glorify him, glorify you. Thank you for the Holy Spirit which is in each of our life to bring us guidance and wisdom and help. What a helper he is. May we listen to him and his calling upon our life every day. And it's in your holy and powerful name we pray. Amen. Please stand as we close with leaning.